right, so there's a gospel song that most of you guys are going to know, at least part of it. And so as we get to the part that you know, then you can sing along. And that'll make sure that everybody's awake this morning anyway. So it's probably not a gospel song you've heard a lot lately. But my guess is you'll know it. Jehoshaphat, the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Jehoshaphat, the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. How many of you all remember that song? Okay, then sing it, okay? Don't just sit there and look funny. Ready? Jehoshaphat, the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Jehoshaphat, the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Okay, so here's the story now, and then you can sing the chorus when it comes around again. Good morning, Sister Mary. Good morning, Brother John. Well, I want to stop. I want to talk with you. I want to tell you how I come along. I know you've heard about Joshua. He was the son of none. He never stopped his work until, until the work was done. Now here it comes. Joshua the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Sing it again. Ready? Joshua the battle of Jericho. Jericho, 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 Joshua the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. You can talk, sorry, you can talk about your, it's early, yeah. you can talk about your men of Gideon, you can talk about your men of Saul, but there's none like good old Joshua at the battle of Jericho. Right up to the walls of Jericho, he marched with spear in hand. Go blow them ram's horns, Joshua cried, for the battle is in God's hand. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Then the lamb's ram sheep horn began to blow and the trumpet began to sound. Old Joshua commanded the children to shout. Let me hear it. Good. That was probably about right. And the walls came tumbling down. One more time. Here we go. Joshua in the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua in the battle of Jericho, and the walls came. Sing keep singing it now. Ready? Uh, Joshua in the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua in the battle of Jericho. Big finish. And the wall came tumbling down. Amen. Well, this morning, guess who we're going to talk about? Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, Joshua. And uh, and we're still we're still on the topic of of biblical wisdom. But what we're going to be kind of focusing on this morning is the life 
of wisdom, the life of wisdom. We're going to look at Joshua as we kind of talk about this and address some of these issues that we know. Now, m most of the people know who Joshua was. Uh, not everybody could probably go through and tell you every little bit of his, his story. And Joshua may be less than others. And there's a very interesting reason for that. But we know Joshua probably best as Moses' second in command, right? And then uh, he takes over the Israelites after Moses passes away. And Moses had passed on his leadership and his authority through God to Joshua to take over. And um, probably known as one of the most impressive, the finest military leaders in all of Scripture, as we talk about it. In fact, over the years, as I've talked about leadership or whatever to different groups, uh, Joshua's one of my go-to guys to talk about certain elements of leadership. And whether it's military leadership or whether it's leadership of something else, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as an example of leadership, Joshua is really quite the guy. Um, but where did his journey with this wisdom begin? Because we took incredible wisdom for Joshua to be able to do what he did. Um, we see obedience back in his early life. Where would, why would I say that? What, what was one of the first times that we hear about Joshua? Yes, sir. He Scout Canaan. He and Caleb were, the one, were two of those 12 spies that were sent out. And they were the only two that came back with an accurate appraisal of, of, of what was in the, uh, in, in the land that God had promised them. And the idea there was you know, they saw the same thing that everybody else saw when they, go, when they went over to scout out the land. But when they came back, their response was different because they were looking at it through the eyes of God. They were looking at it understanding that God had promised them this land. And so it, 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 it changed the way that they, that they viewed the whole thing when they were uh, you know, reporting on the size of the people that were there or the, or the strength or the might of the, of the cities that they saw. He was trusting God in all times, and that was a hallmark of what Joshua would be. And so I, I thought about this, and I was, I was doing some research, and I went to uh, this wonderful biblical um, um, resource called Psychology Today. And that's just a joke, because it isn't a wonderful biblical resource. But, but when you're talking about wisdom, here's what psychology says today about somebody that wants to be wise. They have this laundry list of what you need to do. The first thing, it says, see the world in shades of gray. So don't look for anything that's right or wrong. Look for things that fit, that it would be gray. And it says, fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves, but wise people are full of doubts. <laughs> <laughs> this is what psychology today says about being wise. It says, if you want to be wise, question all the rules. Don't take any rule as being uh, solid. And it says, just make the choice to be wise. And it quotes Ben Franklin. And it says, who, and of course, Ben Franklin, I mean, you know, we think he's a pretty smart guy. And he says, who is wise? He that learns from everyone. This is what wisdom is. Well, what's the problem with that statement? When you think about it, what's the problem with that statement? It's like the one size shoe fits all. 
One size shoe fits all. What else? I don't want to learn from everyone. That's a great statement. And that falls right into it. It says, from this and from other misconceptions, we get this skewed idea that wisdom originated in one place. And so then it's, if it originated in this place where you're trying to learn from everybody, then the value of wisdom, the use of it, is completely different from what we are learning and understanding what the wisdom is. In fact, if you say we, we get wisdom from other people, you got the complete wrong idea about it. It would be trusting God is the means of becoming wise. And so if you trust God in that, then, then when you look at these other scripture, then you realize exactly as he pointed out, it's not other people. Uh, Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 12, 8, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom through the Spirit. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, do what? Ask God. Ask God, and it will be given to you. So if you're thinking about true wisdom, wisdom that really matters, wisdom that's going to make a difference in your life, you can't look to other people for that. You've got to go to one source, God. And this is where Joshua was residing. In Deuteronomy 34, we read about Moses' death. And here's what it says in verse 9. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, remember that from the song? You know, it was, he was the son of Nun. That doesn't mean he doesn't have anybody that's his parents. Was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hand on him. So we know that true wisdom comes from God. And what had happened in this case is God had given Moses the capacity to pass on God's wisdom by touch of his hand to Joshua and gave him this full of the spirit of wisdom. Now, you know, we talked early on about, about Solomon, and next week we're going to really focus in on Solomon. And we know that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. No doubt about that. But here's Joshua, and the description is full of the spirit of wisdom. Full. Cup full of water. Can't even jar it, move it without water falling out of it. That's how full he was of wisdom. And then God gives him this wonderful additional guidance. He says uh, in verse 5, No one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Well, think about the gravity of that promise for just a minute. And when you think about it, it's staggering for a leader to be able to know in any situation, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whatever you're doing, that as long as you live, God is going to be there giving you the support you need to be successful. Every moment, every day. Wouldn't that give you courage to be able to do the things that you know that you want to do, that you need to do to get through those difficult times? So many of us are faced with uncertainty a lot of the time. Things that challenge us. I was hearing some of the stories some of you guys were talking this morning about surprises that happened in this last week. And man, I didn't expect that. And that happens to us all the time. Situations we don't expect. And as I've done some counseling, I can tell you that those are the times, those are the places where Christians have just as many difficulties almost as anybody else because they're not drawing from the same well that Joshua was drawing from. So something bad happens in your life, what do you do? Do you turn to God? 
A lot of times, Christians don't. They turn to whatever, whatever they think might be able to give them some assistance during this particular time. So, I've talked with some folks that have been going through a divorce. You would be shocked, I think, to learn of the percentage of Christians who turn away from God and go someplace else for their solace, for their information, for their help in the time of divorce. Or if they lose a child to an accident. People just say, you know what? If God can't solve this problem, then I'm not interested in that God. Now, I personally believe that once God chooses you, and once you are his child, you can't fully depart from him ever. But you can turn aside from him from a time. And you can live in this mire and this muck and this misery of trying to look for answers somewhere else than from God. And God will allow that for a time. If you look at... Uh, uh, remember the old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing? Remember that hymn? It says in the last verse, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And I sing that song for folks. I have to say, I get to that line, that is an arresting line for me. Because I think it's true. I think that we are prone to wander. Prone to leave the God that we love. In search of something that we might think is better. Our world is teaching us that. It's a common theme. Well, God tells Joshua exactly what he's going to be doing over the foreseeable future. He says, I'm, this is what you're going to do. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. All right, you just heard those lines. You probably heard that before, right? What, 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 when I say those words to you, what is it that stands out? Huh? Didn't hear it. Focus. Here's what stood out to me. Joshua, full of wisdom, God standing behind him the whole time. God had already laid out this plan for what he had to do. And then God says to him, don't turn to the left or right. Don't, let's see, where is it? Um, don't deviate. What that said to me was, for a, for a while there, I was thinking, oh, Joshua, you know, how's he going to deviate? He won't. He'll just stay on that path. That's not what God was telling him. God was telling him, yeah, you can deviate. You can take the wrong turn. You can go to the left or right. I'm telling you, don't do it. That's important. I think that's really critical for us all to recognize, recognize that as we go through life, we could be faced with things that might encourage us to look another direction, to go left or right, to deviate. And what God told Joshua is, don't do that. Stay on this path. In the same way we can choose to go left or right, Joshua could, but he did not. He stayed the course. We never hear, and this is one of the reasons why I think Joshua was such an incredible character. We never hear of a single time in Scripture that Joshua deviated from the main course. He stayed that course his entire life. Now, if you think about it, and you're, as you're thinking about characters in the Bible, that doesn't happen very often. 
In fact, I'm only aware that it didn't happen with Jesus other than Joshua. Everyone else, as good as they might be, deviated at some point and had to be kind of brought back into the fold. Then we get to this verse 8. How many of you all have memorized Joshua 1.8? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be, well this says, so that you may act carefully according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way successful and you will be wise. That's an, that's an amazing verse, guys. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua 1.8, but you will meditate on it day and night. This teaches us something really, really important about what it takes to be wise, what it takes to be successful. It's a close relationship with Jesus, with God. We understand that, that this wisdom comes from God, but he says also, meditate on this word. Focus on this word, as, as he said. As a military leader, Joshua is probably considered one of the greatest generals, present company perhaps accepted, in human history. Okay? One of the greatest generals. And this is one of the things I've always found to be amazing about him. He was involved in the battle against the Amalekites. And people would have said he won the battle of the Amalekites. Remember, anybody remember that story? This is the one where Moses was on the hill and they raised his hands up and through God, the, the victory was given. And as, and as Moses had his hands uh, tired and he dropped his hands, then they started to lose the battle and then they raised his hands again and he was able to win the battle. Yeah, Joshua was the general that was in charge of that. But it was through God. And through the rest of the campaigns that went through the Canaan, when Joshua was leading that, they had success. And then... So, I mean, so he was a great commander, and he was wise and was able to do all these amazing things with the, with the, uh, uh, the Israelites. But then he was given this battle of Jericho. So put yourself in his position. Wise general, great general, successful general. He knows how to be a general. He knows how to lead into battle. He gets ready to go up against Jericho, and what happens? He's given guidance by God on how to take Jericho. And it would be nothing like what a general would expect to do in order to take the city of Jericho. It was the strangest command that you could possibly think of. I mean, if, gen if, if, uh, if, if God had said, you know, separate your forces, uh, have, a, have a fainting force come in in, in in the front, make your scouts around the back, uh, uh, bring in your attack helicopters from over here, you know, all of this. I mean, it would have made sense, but not what God said to, to, uh, to Joshua. Now, how did Joshua respond? He didn't. He didn't even question God. One of my other favorite characters, and when we were in the song we sang uh, this morning, I said, you can talk about your men of Gideon, you can talk about your men of Saul. Gideon is another guy that I think is wonderful. And Gideon was the guy that, that fought against the Midianites. And he's the guy where they, they say, he said, well, God said, this is what I want you to do. And he said, well, wait a second. So he lays a fleece out. 
And he says, okay, if it's dry in the morning and it's wet outside, then I'll know that this is what you want me to do. And so God does that. And he says, okay, okay, I, I got that one, but once more, I'm going to put the fleece out again, but this time, if the fleece is wet, but the ground is dry, then I'll know that, okay, he's always testing. He's trying to say, okay, is this really what you want me to do? How often do we see that in Scripture? I mean, it's totally common. And we start to think to ourselves, you know what? I'm going to lay out a fleece. Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question God, make sure this is exactly what he wants me to do. Because this, this is a weird thing that God wants me to do right now. But I'm, so I'm going to make sure. But look at Joshua. Joshua gets this message from God that I want you to put your, you guys go around this thing and march around it seven times. Then you're going to yell and the walls are going to come tumbling down. And he says, okay, that's it. I'll do it. Do you have that kind of faith? The kind of faith that Joshua had? Could you take the word of God and go in a completely different direction than what you know would be the direction that you've been trained to do or the direction that makes the most sense in your life? What do you think? Could you do it? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Truth is, most of us wouldn't. And I have to ask the question, why? God has done an amazing work in all of our lives, and I'll bet you if I went around the room, every single one of you, as much as you might be able to tell me a story that's difficult in your life, you could tell me a story of amazing grace. You could tell me a story where God came in and rescued you from something. And yet, faced with this kind of decision, you might say, I don't know. You see, I think there's three things going on with that. I think the first is, we're not accustomed to God talking in our lives that way. Joshua heard the word of God, didn't doubt it one second. Because he was meditating on his word every day and night, being careful not to go any other way than that. He had faith that what God told him would be true, going all the way back to that time when he was and, and Caleb were the spies. He lived a life that demonstrated this ability to just listen to God and do what he said. And many of us just don't hear that. It could be the noise around us. It could be the way that we've been taught to respond to instruction. I'm not sure what it is. But you guys need to think about that. And we're also too accustomed to doing things we thought God wanted, only to find out this maybe wasn't, well, I must have heard something wrong. I have a good friend that was convinced that God wanted him to sell his house. He went down and he put his house on the market and it sat on the market for like three years. He was so frustrated. He kept saying, man, I thought this is what God wanted me to do, but obviously I didn't miss it. I don't know what happened. I thought that, you know, I, I thought I was, had a good relationship with God. Maybe I don't. Started to doubt himself. And then we're unwilling sometimes to step out and do something that might seem pretty strange in front of our peers. Can you imagine Joshua standing in front of his soldiers saying, okay, there's the city of Jericho. We're going to take it, but this is how we're going to do it. And telling them that. And these guys are scratching their heads saying, what, 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 what happened to the general? What happened? Although, you know what? My guess is these guys were accustomed to the fact that Joshua said, the Lord has given me a word. This is what we're going to do. My guess is those guys in his army said, you got it, boss. That's what we'll do. And that's the kind of leadership that you want to be able to demonstrate that sort of wisdom. 
just before I turn you loose to answer your questions, think about this. Joshua believed in the promises of God and trusted him completely. Remember, and I've got this on my door. I don't know how many of you do, but if you don't, you might want to think about going out and getting one of these. You can order them on uh, Amazon. Uh, but it's a, I've had more people comment about this that's come into my house than anything else that I've got going on in my house that people could comment on. And this is this Joshua 2515. This scripture is on the wall on a little plaque that's outside of my front door. It says, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, I can tell you that Sometimes I turn away just like I said you guys might turn away and like anybody turns away and go our own way and seek our own design. That's, but I try real hard to live like this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord.